A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, before this show starts, just want to let you know that over on Red Men Plus, our subscription service, we've got tons and tons of Liverpool content in podcast form as well. You love podcasts, we love making podcasts. Go and check it all out. That's redmenplus.com. Sign up for as little as £5 a month. You will not regret it. Now, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome. It's the Match Build-Up Show. Manchester United versus Liverpool next Monday night. Steve Hoyer in the studio with Mick Moran and Andy Bell to have a big old chat about us, the Manx, the situation we're in, the situation they're in, and plenty, plenty more. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. If you're watching this on Twitter live now, do click on the link and come over to us on YouTube and uh, yeah, get involved in the live chat. If you're, not, if you're listening or watching this after the fact, and anything we say or do on the show and you want to comment, do use the Twitter at the Redmen TV. Get in touch or again on on YouTube, use the comments section. Right then, guys, we might as well get straight into it. First of all, thanks for joining us. Um, Mick, it's the biggest game in English football still. It's the biggest rivalry in English football, but both of these teams are going into it in less than ideal situations. Um, I'd say we're in a little, a tiny bit better of a situation in terms of points, a much better term in terms of the entire club as a whole. But it does feel like, yeah, this is one where both teams are going into this with a, with a few issues. Yeah, and it's one of them where, like, the start of the season, we're like, right, we need to get into the season nice and strong. Uh, obviously, the Fulham game doesn't go to plan. And then you're going into the Palace game, right, we need to sort out some maybe character issues and maybe working hard in the first game that we'll sort out in the game at Anfield because it won't stand in front of an Anfield crowd. We do a lot better, but it's conceding those first goals, I think. I think the last time we kept the clean sheet in the league was Newcastle back in April. And I think every, every Premier League game since then, we've conceded the first goal. She's like, that's something we need to iron out. And I think that's something that, especially when you're missing all the players that were missing, the Jotters and obviously Mane's gone and stuff, the players that are usually quite good at scoring that first goal and kind of open up the game for us. Since then, obviously, bedding in Nunes, now Nunes has gone again for three games, bedding in other players like Carvalho's and Elliot coming back from bad injury and stuff like that. We need to like try and get it right. And I think it's hopefully it's hopefully just like a bedding in period, dusting off the cobwebs. First two games, obviously we're four points behind Man City. And I, th- I know there's been a lot of stuff on social media. If you read that too much, then you go a bit insane in terms of like your four points behind the season's gone. 36 games left. But we need to we need to fix up very sharp. And I think United is probably a good game to do that, I think. I suppose, Andy, like I, I think making a game at Old Trafford a must win is ha- is, is not where you want to be because they're crap. They're literally bottom of the league yeah. at the time recording. They're going to stay there unless something mad happens over the next few days where, you know, unless, what, what is it, if West Ham get battered by a, a decent scoreline or even Everton, which again, probably could happen at yeah. some point. Like, goal difference, but they're probably going to go into that game bottom of the table, again, albeit two games played. But historically, the recent past, we've done well against them. But it's not an easy ground to go to and have to win. But because you drop points against Fulham, because you drop points against Palace, 
like you have to go to Old Trafford and win now essentially because another draw or a defeat and then really pan, you know if if people aren't panicking they are starting to panic now Liverpool have put themselves behind the eight ball a little bit already and then they've got like, again they're a crap team but it's Old Trafford it's Man United it's going to be fiery it's a less than ideal situation having to go there and you absolutely must win the third game of the season is now a must win game it's mental yeah, we absolutely do have to win it. I think when you look at our next three fixtures before, I think it's the away derby is first. Certainly normally the away derby first, yeah, yeah. isn't it? And um, We've got Bournemouth at home and Newcastle at home after that. I know Newcastle are sort of a little bit different this year, got a few players in, but you know those two games you definitely expect six points from. And you know when you look at it purely on a footballing level, you expect six points from this. The problem is I'm of an age, I'm 24, where... I was too young to uh, to sort of get all the Danny Murphy uh, mm-hmm. 1-0 wins, so I don't remember those. But I'm old enough to remember just basically going there and getting beaten oh, twice God. every season. Yeah, <laughs> Goals going in off like Wes Brown's back. John O'Shea <laughs> scuffing them in in the last minute. Rio Ferdinand, you know, in the last minute as well. Just remember these over and over and over again. And the, the first time I ever remember in my life um, Liverpool winning at, at Old Trafford was the, the 4-1 in 2009. That was when I was 11 years old. So I am completely and utterly mentally scarred by Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, probably my behaviours as an adult are in, <laughs> in part a lot down to my childhood being scarred by him. So no matter how bad they are in the pitch, you know, they could be in the, in the Vanarama Conference and I would never bank on three points I'll never count three points in my head going to Old Trafford which doesn't make sense because as you say they are absolutely dreadful at the moment they're you know in a state of transition they've got a kind of dogmatic manager coming in there trying to implement his ideas there seems to be complete resistance from the players on the pitch um, there seems to be people at the club where there's a, a complete power struggle and it doesn't feel like you know Ten Hag um, is getting well, he's some players he wants but I certainly don't think he's the, the, the final say in the players coming in there so it's a complete basket case of a club but it's 90 minutes it's 11 men against 11 men and if they can start quickly and if they can give their fans something uh, to latch on to and get the atmosphere going then anything can happen Manchester United versus Liverpool On that Mick you're Andy's right there's a lot going on so there's a plant apparently my United plantings they're going to protest against the Glazers which fair play I don't blame them by the way I know a lot of people say yeah you've spent loads of money but there's a lot of issues at Man United where they've got every right to protest the ground's falling apart the, you know, the dividends I understand it there's loads going on on the pitch as well they're an absolute shambles and it's going to be a fiery atmosphere what Liverpool needs to do is make it fiery against Man United because if they're, if they're going into the ground in a bad mood and we pro- I remember protesting against Hicks and Gillette a couple of times and then you'd go into the ground and almost subconsciously you take it out on Liverpool the players and Liverpool look this ground and everyone, oh, it, lots of anger that's what Liverpool need to do because if, if Man United start well and Liverpool look a bit rubbish all that emotion that they've got built up focuses on us and that can be a really hostile place to go Liverpool's aim you're right in saying we started better against Palace is to make sure like that basically becomes a horrendous place for their own players to be because it hasn't been great for a while Old Trafford they are starting to get on you know there's booze Harry Maguire getting booed things like that Liverpool need to make, be careful like that we don't get transitioned onto us. Let's start well and make sure that all that animosity, but they've just been arguing outside about the owners, the moaning about who they signed, who they haven't signed, let, it, let them in fight and we all just kind of stand back from it. It's, yeah, it's like watching a burning building. You want to just go and add more fire to it at, at, at this point. And I like with Andy's point, like I'm 32, so I've seen like my childhood was ruined by by that club. And obviously, I saw the Danny Murphy stuff and all that. And it's like, it's, but it's never. Even if we would have won our first two games by a landslide, four 0 each game, this game comes up. You're still like, oh, what the hell, my Old Trafford. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's one of those games that you never look forward to. And I think like, you're right. They like last last year we 
we went there with a game plan and we just it was perfect we just battered them from the off and that's what we need to do we need to absolutely pepper them from the off like obviously they've it depends who plays for them, but like the likes of Harry Maguire and stuff. And I think if Bobby's fifth, which I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to, then you can pick up those positions and you can just drag him everywhere. Because yeah. Maguire, we've seen in the, in the game last year, he was just getting dragged from pillar to post and he, he didn't enjoy it. Same with Luke Shaw. I think he's not in the greatest form as well, to say to, to say the least. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those. Like we need to get in and like you said, like just just start like as like a house on fire and, and make sure that the the, the the system that we're playing and and the um, like the, the the instructions Klopp gives are, are carried out to the letter instantly because I like going into the Palace game I was like we need to get a fast start here and we did and we did but we didn't deliver in terms of getting that goal and that's what it comes back to what I said before like getting the first goal and I think if we get a goal like we did last year early then it's we're sound but it's if we don't and it carries on and their fans start to get a bit of hope from that and we're feeding it because we're not we're not getting any goals, and yeah. it's it's that it's that catch twenty two situation that you want to obviously avoid going into this game. Absolutely, on the Lanzi, this is what I was thinking. Watching them get humiliated by Brentford was really funny. It was mm-hmm. it was it was embarrassing how bad they were. Actually, it was like Sunday league at times. My worry after because I'm like you, this football club have scarred yeah. me deeply. Manchester United. <laughs> I am I am very much even when we're like up here and there down there. I'm always looking in the rearview mirror. Is that was that like was that like ground zero? Was that bottomed out? Is that as bad as it gets? Yeah. And now we has he already realised two games in because there's talk he's already going to make changes. Like Varane might come back in. There's talk of Martinez maybe going into midfield. There's, there's tons that he's fixing. It's like, are they going to try and just like dog out a point? Because if they come and try and play footy against us, we'll win. I'm convinced of that that mm. we'll just take the ball off them and score. If they do what Palace did and try and park a bus, they, they might have a bit more success. If they play like Fulham, where they don't really try and play out, but the runners are they run and run and run. They've got half a chance. Mm-hmm. My worry is that he's looked at how bad they've been against Brentford and Brighton and forth. I'm not sure these lads can play the footy I want. Is he going to change it right now? He's 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 had over a week to do it, or is he that is he going? No, I I need this. Is what I want. It's almost a way of saying like I need new players. Like showing the board, I need new players. My that's my worry is that he's had nine days now. Is he going to just basically play the counter attacking game, or is he going to go no no no? I'm Eric Ten Hag. Here's what I want to implement. I'm going to stick with it because we went through this with Brendan. Yeah. Remember early team yeah. problems, and Brendan played through it. I hope Ten Hag does yeah. that. For, but I, the worry is, does he just go fuck this? I can't get beat three games in the run. I'm going to have to just park a bus. Yeah, I think that probably the um, ideal, not the ideal, but the the perfect comparison under Brendan was that third game of the season where we played Arsenal, Arsenal Wenger's Arsenal, and we got murdered. Absolutely murdered all game. Played off the pace. What, what everyone, what everyone said. That was at Anfield as well. And what everyone said was basically, yes, that's a team that's twenty years down the line in their in their cycle, and we're a team that's three games down the line. Um, you know, Eric Ten Hag's come from Ajax. It's a very sort of dogmatic club. There's set principles on how to play football. You don't deviate from them. You don't, um, you know, go into a different game. Okay, yes, there's individual different like things you can do in terms of your your triggers to press or whatever. They can change, um, but in terms of what the the actual football you play, you're not going to deviate from that. And that sort of comes from Cruyff's philosophy. And I, I believe he's um, very much in that mold. And it's going to be extremely tempting for him. Um, to, to you know, to maybe play a little bit more like Crystal Palace did, or to to to, to deviate from it a little bit and save himself, you know, potentially a, a, a an absolute hammering like we get last year. But if he really wants to build something at Man United and he really wants to actually turn it round, and if, if they are giving him the assurances, which I'm not sure if they are, because I say they're a mad mad club at the moment, but if they are giving him those assurances that you actually have three years 
and you can lose the, the first seven games of the season and we're going to stick with you which is the right thing to do by the way it genuinely it's the right thing to do and if there's any sense they'll do that with him um, then you know I, I don't think he will change his ways but I you know Mick makes a point there about, about last year he's absolutely right like we murdered them last year and there's so much in that game um, you know there's so many similarities in the sense that that uh, going into that game everyone was going on about their running stats and how they're, they're not pressing how the players aren't working hard and uh, how their attitude's bad and they come out and try and press us and we just murder them we play around them and Naby is a great game that day you know and, and it's sort of the same things happening now so if they do come out and they, and they do sort of go for it well yes you know they'll look at the fact that we've conceded the first goals in so many of these games and they'll think well we can get that and that'll give them uh, a little bit of hope but it could go the other way like it does last year and I think Partially, you know, last year was like a mental block being relieved for us in, in terms of our record at Old Trafford. But I actually think the 4-2 in the pandemic was a massive mental block relief because even though there were no supporters there, it seemed that, you know, th- there was a similar gap in terms of where Liverpool were and where Man United were before under Ole or under Mourinho or under Van Hal, And they still dogged out a result, you know, like the, that, that season where we win the league and we, we win our first like 25 games with the one draws against, <laughs> against them. You know, typical, it was always going to happen. You know, we, we beat much better teams. But that can always happen. That's always in the back of my head. And I hope that kind of that is the mental block relief now and it will just be a, a regular football match. And, you know, there's loads that we need to um, to put to one side. What's going on off the pitch for them, their supporters. We need to quieten their crowd, use it as negative energy rather than positive. Um, so there's a lot for Klopp to think about. And gonna, that's sorry. before you even talk about the, the, the team and the players that are right. I, I, suppose, I was yeah. about to say, we, in part two, we'll speak about what we think about Liverpool and we'll obviously get uh, pick up what Levens and we'll do our, the lads will pick their bet mate team as well. But... I want to focus on Man United here, Mick, and I'll be honest, we could do an entire two days on this because there are so many storylines. I'm speaking to Mark Goldbridge a bit later for our poll preview on um, on Red Men Plus. I've got, I think I've got like a half an hour with him, and honestly, I could do two days because there's so much going on. The biggest things I want to talk about, again, off the field and the transfers, we're going to leave that for now because by all accounts, not, if they sign anyone now, it's probably too late for them to be ready just to buy tomorrow afternoon to play in So we'll see how it goes, but in, even then... The issues they've got is that he's trying to implement a style of football and he hasn't got the players to do it. So he's got a goalkeeper who's can't, who can't come off his line and can't, can't kick. He's got a defender he's trying to play high line with who can't turn around. Harry Maguire's good at what Harry Maguire's good at. It's just a limited skill set. You mentioned Luke Shaw before, struggling. Um, the right-back's not... There's nothing going on, really. He, he He's still got Fred and McTominay. He's tried Christian Eriksen up front and then he plays him as a DM. He's got nothing is working for them. Like, he, Bruno Fernandes looks... A shell of a man. He looks like a, a guy. He look, you know, the opposite of um, some footballers really hated lockdown. He feels like a, just a lockdown footballer. He had an amazing year when there was no one there, and, and then since then he's he's gone. They've got they've got so many issues. It's hard to pinpoint any of them. But starting of that, the, I want to talk about the playing out because we saw how they conceded against Brentford. It was embarrassing. It was so bad. They will have obviously have worked on it. Alexon Arg is not an idiot. You know, spent them all week going for it. But my hope is here. If Liverpool can do even 70% of what Brentford did to them and we're more than capable of, they haven't got the players to do that. We could we could make a show of them if they try it again. Yeah, and, I th- and you say like they've had a week, but I don't think a week's long enough. I don't think a week's I, long I enough. Yeah, they need new players. They need, they, they need like, yeah, it's just... it's they just had them back in training the day after. You had them running up, you know, doing up the field, which, just, you know, you just, can understand it from maybe 40 years ago. I'm not sure it's the best sort of thing to do with these the sort of mercenary footballers now. Yeah, just, just run up, just run up far left to the field, lads. You'll be, you'll be sound, don't worry. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be all right. But yeah, it's one of them, like... Yeah. 
Yeah, we've been through it. We've been through like all these trials and tribulations, and we've we've came through it, and we're now flourishing, doing really well. Obviously, first two games of the season, albeit they, they weren't the best, but like it, under the clock here, in majority, we've been really good, and we've got a set style and a set way. And I agree with you, Andy. Like they can't. I don't know if they can deviate from that too much in terms of long term, but short term, maybe they should. Maybe they should just go right. Well, we're going to get pressed to hell here. Let's just let's just, let's just smash it as far as we can. Play, they're going to play Ronaldo knockdowns and whatever else but like it's wh- whether that's going to work and hopefully it won't and it's one of those things like they've got so like you said Steve they've got so many issues I'm sure Klopp will be telling the players like let's not get bogged down then let's not think about anything about that if we play even like you said if we play like 70% the way Brentford did or we play the similar way that we did against Palace and we get that first goal nice and early then we're, we're, we'll cause carnage and that's what we want and it's trying to block out all that outside noise which is, I know it's more difficult now with social media and stuff when you're getting all the we're going to do a protests and you're seeing like people are like oh get rid of the Ten Hag and you're just like it's just ridiculous like in terms of like in terms of longevity with a, with a if you want your, your team to flourish you need some familiarity familiarity in terms of like keeping the same manager Obviously, they need a lot of new players. That's that goes without saying. But uh, yeah, I think we just need to forget about all that and just like yeah, the Palace game was uh, better than the Fulham game. Just off those cobwebs, go again, go to Man United, and just absolutely smash them. And I think that's hopefully the plan. And then just pile more misery on them. Right, guys, got you thinking? Cats on all you guys well watching live in the YouTube chat. Get involved with this one. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a wordy long sentence, but you'll get the gist of it in a minute. We've played two games against teams managed by Eric Ten Hag. Both Ajax, we beat them one 0 in both games. In in Amsterdam, it was an own goal that won that game for us. Uh, Taglafico, I think it was with the own goal. Do you guys know who scored the Liverpool goal in the one 0 win at Anfield? Don't tell me if you do, but we beat them one 0 at Anfield. Eric Ten Hag's Ajax in 2020. Who scored Liverpool's goal in that game? We'll be back after this break. Get your answers in the chat now. We get to see if the guys know it as well. We'll be back in a moment. It feels like you've spoken to a wide range of people. We, well, we we did. We spoke to Steve Rotherham, who. Um, was really good. Um, we spoke to Andy Burnham as well, as, as a Mancunian mayor and an Everton fan. And Steve was great, recalling the, man, uh, the 1977 FA Cup final. He said, well, he said, we were beaten by two, and he uses a very bad word to describe the goal. <laughs> and you must quote me directly on that. But one of, I mean, it does involve a, a player or a manager, but one of my favourite stories was told by Phil Thompson. And Phil was absolutely great. I mean, when, you know, when he was talking about the good times for Liverpool, his face was wreathed in smiles. And when he was talking about the bad times, it was grimacing, typical Phil. And he said this story about when Liverpool had been knocked out in that 1999 game. And Gerard Hooley had arranged them to go away for a few days to play a local team somewhere in France. And they flew out from Manchester Airport. When they got to Manchester Airport, as luck, bad luck would have it, they were met by Manchester United flying out to a Champions League quarterfinal and obviously accompanied by an awful lot of their fans. Of course, they see Phil, who they recognise as Soccer Saturday, massive symbol of Liverpool, the fan who came from the cop and played. So, of course, they get stuck straight into Phil. <laughs> Phil said, I should have said nothing. I should have stood back. And then he said, but you know me. <laughs> uh, and he said, he started tearing into them. You know, we've won this, we've won that. You haven't. You. He said, I shouldn't have done it. He said, but I couldn't help myself. But he said, on a more serious point, he said it was one of the worst times of his career at Liverpool because it came home to him just how far ahead of it of Liverpool United were. And he said they then went and lost to this team of locals in in France. And it sort of crystallised all the thoughts himself and Gerard Houllier had 
about rebuilding Liverpool, the pain of what they'd suffered at the airport, the pain of the defeat to these local guys, sort of French third division team when they won away. They came home, they decided to rebuild the team. Hippier, Henshaws, all those era of players came in. So out of that pain came the success of, of the treble of Liverpool won in 2001. Um, and it was just seeing Phil's face describing it all. And also in your mind's eye, you can see Phil thinking, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm saying something. I'm tearing into them. Yeah, welcome back. That is a clip from my Liverpool Library interview with Phil McNulty and Jim White speaking about the rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, they've got a new book out called Red on Red. It's fascinating. Like I say, that entire interview, about 40 minutes of it, is streaming now on Red Men Plus, our subscription service. So yeah, if you maybe if you're relatively new to supporting Liverpool and you don't quite know the historical impact of why we ate the mank so much, definitely go and check that out over on Plus. Yeah, some great content on there, but those two guys, two amazing journalists, they really dug in, spoke to every single person you can think of related to the two clubs. So yeah, go and check that out. Um, yeah, before the before the uh, break, I asked about the trivia question. And it was basically who scored Liverpool's goal against Ajax's te Eric Ten Hag's Ajax in the Champions League Anfield 2020. You guys, we were speaking about. You think you both got it? Yeah, we think so. Anyway, go on. We can picture the goal she was at the same time. Three, <laughs> two, one. Curtis, Curtis Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, that makes just make give you a second I lead. Because <laughs> I was just saying before, just in the in the break there, right like under I'm, the bus. I remember ne the Neho Williams cross. I'm like, who was on the end of it? Yeah, and, so like, and then yeah. it came to me, Curtis Jones. Ne ne yeah, yeah, basically, that yeah. qualified us that night as well. So you know, Keller, yeah, it was when Keller had to go and goal right, out yeah. of out of nowhere. But yeah, then he. Nico Williams back post ball Curtis Jones tapped it and Anna just left it I think what's his just, name? <laughs> well, <he's Alan> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Anna just left it and Curtis Jones I got a few shout outs a couple of people in the chat got it uh, first that was Banana Drama well done to you Hans uh, Zalatan Ollie Reds got it uh Hakal as well, loads. So yeah, maybe it was an easy question. It was Curtis Jones at the back at the back post. Yeah, Ajax 2020 in front of an, an empty Anfield back in that horrendous, horrendous season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the less said about lockdown season, the better. Right then, we just spoke about Man United and the bazillion issues they've got, and a lot of it seems to be the players are crap. Liverpool's main issue at the moment, Andy, is that they're not playing great. There's a they're not crap players. Some of them are in bad form and loads of them can't get on the pitch at the minute. There's even rumours today about maybe Virgil's got a knock. I've, I've seen that floating around. Charlie has put a super chat in. Rumours that Van Dijk's got a knock as well. I haven't heard that yet. We'll see. <laughs> Jürgen's got his press conference on Friday. We'll see. But as it stands, we don't know about that. But what we do now, I'm going to bring up um, the EPL injury table on the screen for those watching, for those listening along. I'll read some names out. Thiago, Jota, Jones, Matip, Kelleher, Firmino's a doubt. Oxley, Chamberlain, Canate, Ramsey, all out. Of course, Darwin Nunes suspended as well. This is the issue we've got at the minute, Andy. It's like, it's slim pickings. And there's lads who are in form. I imagine Jaeger wouldn't mind rotating out if he had the choice, but he hasn't got the, the backup players to do that at the moment. There's a lot going on in terms of injuries. The biggest one, of course, is now up front. No Jota, definitely no Nunes. We know that he just nutted someone. If Bobby Firmino can't play, like Liverpool have got a decision to make there, haven't they? Hopefully Bobby can again. We'll we'll wait and see. Jürgen said we'll see. That was his exact quote. But if he can't play, what would you see him doing? My guess was Carvalho plays somewhere in that front three, whether he goes in number nine like he did in that stupid friendly that we played the day after the Charity Shields, or maybe he goes on the wing and you stick Mo up front. Maybe you stick Harvey on the right and you stick Mo up front. Either way, it's not ideal a third game of the season. We might have someone in our, up front who isn't a natural striker. 
Yeah, first of all, like on a really, really basic level of analysis, and I apologize for this, but it's really, really annoying that they've got a center half who's five foot nine, and, and our big massive lad striker yeah. has just been out for three games. Yeah, you know, and and um, from what you actually read about the, the Lissandro Martinez fella, he actually apparently last year, albeit in the, in the air of his, he had a, a better aerial success rate um, than Harry Maguire, so he, he seems to be actually quite decent in the air. And you know, look, we watched Lucas Leiva, for example, play center half for Liverpool quite a bit, um, and I thought he did really, really well in, in cup finals and everything he wasn't the biggest lot uh, albeit I think he was a little bit bigger than what, what Martinez is but if you look at those those players who are out there you've obviously got uh, you know the, the three main choices for, for central striker you've got Nunes you've got Bobby and you've got Jota now we talked a little bit earlier about pressing them and you know the, albeit Martinez was a good ball plan center half his confidence is shot he got hooked at half time against Brentford Maguire we know is pressable We've obviously seen Ericsson and, and the mistakes they made playing out. I think the one sort of saving grace from that is that, you know, Bobby and Jota, you'd certainly say, are our two best pressers in, in terms of that central role. Nunes is, is probably third in that, and he's still learning everything. But, you know, let's say Firmino is out, you can still sort of pick a front three of Diaz, Salah, and Elliot. And, you know, Diaz and Salah are always in the front three. They're always pressing. They know what to do. And I think Harvey Elliott, quietly, everyone always goes on about his technical ability, and his technical ability is marvellous. But if you actually watch him as counter-pressing and all the things you need to do in a clock midfield, he's brilliant at that as well. So I have no qualms with him playing on the right in terms of that. Who goes from the top the front? It would be Mo down the middle in that case, yeah. At the same time, you know, soccer value come on the other night. He only gets, what, 15 minutes probably, including added time. But he looks after the belt. Uh, he looks after the ball so well, man. Like, he's so, so good at that. And, like engineering his way out of tricky situations and just recycling things and getting us up the pitch so like he's a shout for that as well and then it's a question of I guess it's difficult with the left hand side of midfield that's the issue isn't it because you know Henderson more than happy to trust him in the right Elliot more than happy to trust him in the right but you know the one time they played together in that midfield um, when Henderson was on the left against Chelsea had a, had a really poor game and, and didn't play well at all so you know it's how do we fit them both into the team you could talk about a four-two-three-one. I think you're two in that case is Fabinho and Henderson. He's just never got. He's just never. He's just never started games with it. Very, yeah. very rarely. He doesn't like it. He and did it. He, funny enough, the only time he probably did it was City away in the in the COVID season, wasn't he? He plays the four up front. He just because Jota had just got that. Yeah. He just couldn't. He didn't yeah. have the bottle to drop any of them. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's the, the other option is that you just go well forever. I suppose we can do just pick all four four forwards, but. Someone in the chat there said you could even put Diaz up front and maybe put Fabio on the left. I just don't know. It just feels odd to me, like. You'd move, you'd move in Salah and Diaz to me just seems counterproductive it's almost like it's a bit like when we had no centre half so we moved the midfield back and then you've made two problems why don't you just keep your boss wingers and if it means someone do filling in up front and doing a job then kind of so what I remember he stuck Gini Wijnaldum up front didn't he in the new camp it yeah. didn't really pay off for us he actually did alright mm-hmm. but that's, that's my thing is that by if you move Salah inside, you you've just all you're doing is just move. You're making him play somewhere he doesn't probably want to play, and then you're making a new hole over there. It's, it's sliding doors. It might just be better as I was saying to Fabio Carvalho, just go and do your best, Bobby, for me, you know, impression for as long as you can, and we'll we'll cross that bridge when you get to it. But yeah, the the striker issue is Liverpool's main thing going into this into this game. Obviously, we haven't got anyone who can play there at the minute. Yeah, I think it's one of them. Like you either you like you do like you said this, they and play Carvalho, and then you you ask Diaz and Carvalho to interchange in game because obviously they, they're both yeah, in game. They can do that. I think like yeah, you can you can bring Salah in and be a striker, which he's more than capable of doing, and playing Harvey Elliott on the right. But then it's like it depends who he goes in midfield. I know we'll probably come on to that, but like if he if he goes that Cater, if he goes Cater, uh, Fabinho, Hendo, 
then he might just go right Harvey Elliott deserves a chance to yeah. st- stay in the team he's going to go right wing we'll push Salah inwards and try and keep as many of the, the like you said see the, the players that in the natural positions keep them there as much as we can because obviously we're going away to Man United we don't want to be moving too many of those pieces because that's when well that's when it starts falling down when you start especially in, when we're not in the, the greatest vein of form in the last two games we need to have players in the best position to kind of get the best out of us and to cause as much mayhem as we can on, on, on Man United so yeah I think I hadn't thought of just throwing Carvalho in and just going yeah yeah just just do your best and I think that that's a good shout to be fair but he I think did do it in that in that Strasbourg game. I, when yeah, I saw him, do, I, yeah, yeah. I thought he wasn't great. Mm. I'm, I'm well, yeah, but yeah. I think why he went there, I think again it was a need. Most friendly was arranged for get everyone fit, and then they were all injured, so we kind of had to hodgepodge a team together. But he did he did play there. He, he so he obviously he's had a little bit of tiny experience, albeit again didn't do great. It is a, it's a difficult one. Let's move on to midfield because you brought up. So I'll start with you then, Andy. If I'm picking this team and spoiler, my bet me team's going to come in a little bit later. Like Naby Keita, I know there's been a lot of drama about him in the last 24 hours. So reporting Jeremy saying he wants to leave. Our very own Neil Jones kind of disputing that a little bit. And anyone who, anyone who is a Redmen Plus subscriber, Jeno Inside with Neil is is streaming on Plus again. And Neil kind of spoke out the information and where he's got what's happening with Naby. It looks like Liverpool want to keep him, but we'll see. Um, he's the first name on this team. She's in my midfield now. I'll I'll box the other two off later. But Naby for the press for how good he was there last season when he ran rings around them. Mm. If he's fit and available, which we presume he is, he was on the bench the other day, and his head is in the right place again with all this speculation. For me, he has to start, because I think if we are going to try and press Man United off the pitch, he's our best midfielder in terms of doing that. And also, like I say, he got the goal there last season. He's, he, if there are going to be spaces to exploit, he's the best at doing it, I think, especially with no Thiago available. If Kaiser's fit for me, I don't know if you agree. Like he should be on, he should be on the team. No, I do agree. It's it's obviously all the caveats, as you say, as long as his head is in the right place. And I think you know there was a lot of fume about him not coming on the other night, and you know he's warming up, and we, we're 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 one all, and you know you'd think that he's one of our more attacking midfielders. You certainly look at that bench and you think if we're making five subs and we need a goal. You can you can bring Naby on, and okay, he might not score it himself, but he can engineer it. And I think when you look at that game and you, you maybe watch it back, you know Crystal Palace by that point of very much, which surprised me actually, very much sort of played for. The draw even when it went to, to that I thought they'd maybe try and exploit the spaces but you know there was no real uh, opportunity to, for, for Keita to do what he does best they weren't really wanting to hold on to the ball so you can't really press a team that don't want to do that yeah. and they um, they uh, there was no real there would be real to dribble pass because everyone was kind of just pushed right the way back so I don't know how effective he would have been that said this opponent in this game you talk about horses for courses completely the opposite you know you'd like to think they're going to come out and have a go especially at home otherwise their fans are going to get in their back so there are going to be those spaces for Keita to break into um, and then and you know you look at that and you think as well obviously the, the, the teething problems with them playing it out in, in terms of possession you know if you've got a front three that can press and then you've got sort of Keita and Henderson which is, is probably what I would go for if I'm going for that formation then you know you could very, very easily get on top of them and I think it's difficult because you know you mentioned earlier the um, uh, the, the the conceding the first goal in every game, and I think you look at the last two and we're very different in in how they go. First goal against Fulham was because they got on top of us, um, you know, played in the front foot and absolutely deserved it. First goal against Palace, we actually play really well and they just get us in the break, you know. So it's it's not necessarily the same thing happening every time. Fulham can be put down to a poor start. Palace, I don't think there's anything you can really do, um, to to, to impact that. So it's a, it's a difficult one. We think they're going to come out, and it's how do you how do you kind of ride that wave do you sort of get through it and keep your structure or do you sort of fight fire with fire and if you're doing sort of the, the ladder there I think Kate is 
one of your first names in the team sheet to be honest I agree and on that make like again I think Liverpool have got any, one of the issues we've had at this start, at the poor start relatively poor start to see is that Fabinho hasn't been playing well he's had two I, I think he was really poor at Fulham and he wasn't great against Palace the, the, you know he usually sniffs that danger out 10 times out of 10 but Eze just spun him like a top basically and, and then they one pass forward and the next minute Wilfred Zaha has three one goal you you Again, you, you could use Henderson as a number six. If you think you're going to be completely on the front foot and you just want dry, that, you get it. But again, the new players in the midfield, then you're going, oh, you're almost doing Henderson, Keiter, and then one of Elliott or Milner. I just don't see it. It's, I think, again, Liverpool have got a few issues in this off. One of them definitely is they need to get Fab back into form. Jürgen tends to try and play players back into form rather than, but he'll just keep going until he kind of clicks. I've got, to see, I've got a feeling that's what he's probably going to do. But again, he, Liverpool were better against Fulham when Hendo went there. Hendo himself is in iffy form as well. So the midfield is a conundrum, really. Yeah, there's a lot of questions and like there's a lot of options, albeit we're missing quite a few of the big ones. Obviously, Thiago would be is is, that, is our main player, and a lot of the play goes through him. So missing him is huge. But uh, yeah, Fabinho is one of them. Like he historically like a, a bit of a slow starter in terms of like the league, and he can he, he gets into it. And I think like you said, Klopp's like a player is is a manager that just will keep playing him until he, they get into form. But I think it's one of them. Like with Fabinho, if he if he's not in the greatest form, I thought the Palace game. I thought we'd see Hendo in the six. I really did because I thought it was a game where. Then you might have Jurgen did say didn't well, he? Hendo had the issue didn't he that he couldn't start. Maybe we were go, we were going to see that. Yeah. Well, uh, exactly. I think I think Hendo would have because I don't think you need this specialised defensive midfielder against Palace at home because we're obviously going to be on the majorly on the front foot. And I think it's one of them. Like obviously, um, sports science scientist and whatever, and obviously injuries dictate what we can pick. And that's unfortunately where we're at the minute with all the injuries like you mentioned before, Steve. So I think it's one. Of them. And Fabinho has got a start, I think, in the in the current climate and, and, where, and where we're at. It just depends, like like I said, Naby Keita on that left definitely starts because just because of last year, because obviously he's done so well. Obviously the whole uh, contract situation kind of broke over the last twenty four hours, hasn't it? That he's not happy and stuff. Whether he's in the right headspace or not, we'll we'll see. If he if he gets picked, then he's fine. I think that's just the way it is. If he's on the bench again, then obviously loads is going to be made of that again in terms of what's going on because he didn't come on. He was on the bench against Palace, didn't come on, and I was kind of going, "What's what's going on here?" Something, something else. Yeah, I think uh, our, our setup and possession, I think, is going to be very different against United than it is against Palace. Now you're taking a risk and you play Palace because I think they're one of the best counter-attacking teams in the league, and the players like Zaha and Eze have, have just so much quality. But the way we set up, and it was interesting, I read a quote in that uh, Linders book where he, him and Klopp talk about their dream one day, and the way Guardiola always talks his dreams to play with eleven midfield and they said their dreams to play with two defenders and eight attackers and you sort of see Trent and Robertson taking up these number nine positions and Milner and Elliot are very much detached from Fabinho in terms of playing in between those lines and I think Fabinho they love to keep him sort of in the centre to, to, to um, cut out any counter-attacks and I think when, we, when we're when we building up from the back you always see like Thiago dropping in or Milner dropping in to get the ball rather than what other teams do when they drop their number six in between the centre halves so that surprised me the most that he got done for that Eze goal the fact that he goes out really knowing that Milner and Elliot are, calls, um, are caught so far up the pitch and, and, and he drops them back so that surprised me I actually thought he did quite well apart from that but as bad as Manchester United are you know you give Sancho and Rashford space to run into that's one way to get their confidence back up you give Bruno Fernandes space to play that's one way to get his confidence back up and I certainly think the midfield structure needs to be tighter against Man United than it was against Palace yeah, I'm saying I'm, I, think, I think I would go with Fab I just, you've got to bank on eventually to play better Effectively, that, that's kind of where we're gonna we're gonna move on to it. Yeah, and on the Fabinho thing, like I think if he's like the like you mentioned the Eze and Eze done really well in that in that scenario to get to, to 
bring the ball down, take on two, and then play the ball through. But if Fabinho is in form, he gets that ball. Only fouls him. He only fouls him. <laughs> he, exactly. just he, him. Does, he does something that he, he didn't do. I think it's any yeah. other option that he'll, he'll do that when he's in top form. It's one of them. He's not at the moment, but it'll come eventually. And it's just one of them. Like it might be Monday night, and if it's Monday night, then we're like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's Fabinho. He's back, and that's that's why we picked. He was brilliant at the charity shield against the Man City team, so he's, he's clearly not sort of yeah, he's lost, not, lost ability overnight. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So now let your 11s for the game. We've kind of gone through it. Am I right in saying as a collective? Ali, Trent, Virgil, Gomez, Robbo, Fab, Hendo, Naby. Yeah. Diaz, Salah, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking Harvey Elliott's going to be in your team because you've picked him, so maybe you're picking him on the right of the three. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. You would, that, that, that I, think, I think so, yeah. Unless Bobby's fit, of course. If Bobby's well, yeah. fit, then Bobby just plays. Exactly. It's I would easier. be dead tempted if there was one sort of change I was making, and I, I would go for that team, that would be my team, but if it was if they was to go for the 4-2-3, one, like Fabinho Henderson's definitely your, your two there. That's a good way of getting them into the team and doing the things that you need them to do in the midfield. Um, and then I would put Carvalho in in the number 10. I would do as a four-two-three-one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like Carvalho. There's a lot of I think there's yeah, a lot about yeah. him. Not only does he look like Bruno Mars, he, he, he he's <laughs> got a little going for him as well. Yeah. It, the, the issue here is that it's what's annoying me. Like okay, going back to this, if it was our best team, we'd just snot these, and it wouldn't even be close. The fact that we again, I am just desperate for Roberto Firmino to just be on ice, and even if he can only give you an hour, just get an hour of Bobby on the pitch. For, get get whatever you can, ring him dry. Don't even worry about whatever what comes down the line. We'll sort Bob when we get there or whatever. But we really could do if he's not there. And there's, there's all these issues. And again, in midfield, like Page going for Milner, I kind of get it because. Yeah. On form, he's probably the best. Him and Elliot are the two best from midfield in terms of form this season. Ah, you know, he's fab like we mentioned before. Hendo's been up and down. Thiago's now out injured. Kurt is out injured. Ox out injured. You can see why. Like you can see why everyone's asking for the midfield. And the Sander Berglings came out this morning, didn't he? But yeah, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he if Jürgen starts at Milner. 
he's, he's done it. He's done it before, like big games. If he, if he thinks it's going to be a hostile crowd and you know just get his experienced players on the pitch, I don't think he would pick Henderson and Milner. He might, but there's a chance he starts one of them for sure. I mean, and there's a chance he leaves Hendo out and goes Milner. I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, right? I said Milner's been <laughs> terrific, to be honest, in terms of like he's had so many games to play. Ideally, we wouldn't want him to be doing that, but just because we're at the stage where we are with so many injuries, he's had to come in, and obviously he's been he's been tremendous, to be fair to him. But uh, yeah, I think the Bobby thing. I'm hoping with Bobby that he's been kept out for this reason for the Man United game coming up. Obviously, it was a precautionary injury, precaution, yeah. so we don't know what that is or how long it's going to be, uh, but. I'm hoping it was kind of like because Klopp got asked, didn't he? Like you've you've picked Nunes, why is that? And he kind of just said, "Well, I've got no other strikers." But I'm <laughs> and hoping, now, and, now, and now he's out. Well, exactly. And I'm hoping that he had that this game in mind that if, like, obviously, if Nunes plays well, then it's fine. If he doesn't, obviously, it went as bad as it could in terms of getting sent off and being out for three games. But Bobby had a bit of a rest, and he can come back in for this one and be a bit fresher. But I just want Bobby. Like, it's it's difficult because he keeps picking up these injuries and. We know we want him to get back to that stage where he was so good for us and like the, the perfect link in, in that in that false nine role and stuff and dropping in deep and just like picking people to pieces. But mm. it's it's getting him back up to a stage where he's playing really well and he has these injuries again. It's like it's hard to see him get back to that level that he was because he's I mean he, he was exemplary and he was the first name on the team sheet in terms of what, what we were all about. So I'm hoping like this bit of a break in between the United game um, can help him and we can put him straight in yeah, but yeah it, it all depends on the thing is like I think he'll just go like back four what is it midfield what we got going to go with and then you fit, you, you fit in the, the informed players around the already regimented system and who's going to go into the, the, the sign up yeah, line up yeah. anyway fingers crossed Bobby's fit if he's not we'll see how it goes do it again if you're not if you're not watching live let us know in the comment section or on the socials uh, who would you put up front in the front three along with Diaz and Salah I'm pretty sure all ears will be picking if you're not then God knows who's playing up front for you lads um, or ladies these. Uh, let's have a little look around the Premier League then what else is happening this weekend apart from the biggest game in English club football Spurs host Wolves early on Saturday Everton looking for their first point of the season host uh, Moneybags Nottingham Forest God knows who's playing for Forest by the time that one comes around Leicester Southampton just feels like a draw already Fulham Brentford which is actually a derby I found out not that long ago fair play I, I realised this not too long ago I've got a mate who's a Fulham fan who told me he hates Brentford and I couldn't mm. get me around it apparently it's a derby Um Palace Villa, Bournemouth, Arsenal, West Ham, Brighton, Leeds, Chelsea, Newcastle, City, and then obviously our game. In terms of let's let's talk City at Newcastle then because this is the the, the oil derby, not even the oil classic. I was on Andy the other way. What we'll call this one? But I've heard that one before. No, I know, just that just comes through there. So it's probably it's probably been used before. I've probably heard this somewhere. And just stole it, but I'm I'm taking credit for that one. But again, we are desperate for somebody to do us a favour already, which is crazy. But like. I don't know, maybe Eddie Howe's Newcastle on a Sunday afternoon are the ones who might be able to help us out. I don't envisage it, but who knows? That, again, we're back to hoping, aren't we, a little bit here? Yeah, I go back to the game last year. I think it was um, around Christmas time because I was down at Tottenham away, actually, and I remember watching it on, the, on the screen before it and thinking, yeah, Newcastle, you know, I think Eddie Howe just come in and I thought, you know, the, the fans will get them up for it and blah, blah, blah. And I think it ended up being 6-0 to Man City. Um, something along those lines anyway. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is difficult. They're obviously riding the crest of a wave. They had a, a good result against Forest first game. You know, tricky, but Banana skin potentially there. Uh, get the point to Brighton last week, seemingly undeservedly by the, the stats, but I haven't seen it. And you know, stats can can paint a different story sometimes. They've got a goal in yet, which is yeah. Nice. Could do that again, lads. That'd be great. Well, Dan, Dan Bain, Shaw, <laughs> Nick Pope apparently turned into into the best goal in the world. Yeah, do that again, Nick. It'd be great for well, us. I, th- I think you know, I, I looked at that West Ham game, the first game City were playing, and I thought that'll be a difficult game for them. You know, that they'll put pressure on them, and West Ham just ended up just completely sitting off them. And you know, they could have got murdered five 0 to be fair if they'd gone toe to toe. But it was a really conservative performance. 
Bournemouth and then Scott Par- Scott Parker's Bournemouth weren't going to do anything so I hope at least even if they're going to win I hope at least they can make it difficult for them let's see a bit of what they're made of let's see what they're made of you know a few niggles South yeah. South. And then Chelsea Leeds, I think, will be fascinating. Uh, Le- it'll be hostile. They're always at Leeds. Chelsea coming off of this, this battle at the bridge. Uh, make up, again, very, very intense game. I don't think the Leeds manager's going to be quite as intense as uh, as Antonio Conte was. It'd be interesting if he is, but he is a fiery character as well. But again, Leeds, they're the type of team who, again, you call like your tricky ways with hostile atmospheres. Leeds can be that. It'd be interesting to see how Chelsea cope in that one. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing any uh, death grips at a uh, full time. Will we? With a good old Jesse Mencher, Tommy Touche. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think that one because obviously they've yeah two two with um what was the what was the first first game week result for Chelsea? I know they drew Everton one nil. Beat Everton. Oh, of with course, Georginio of playing, course yeah. they did. So yeah, that's not actually a bad staff. Then obviously a few uh, a good goal for um, Koulibaly in the mm. in the Spurs game to be fair. And uh, yeah, they look like the. They look like they're decent, but I think like Spurs, like they kind of they, we know what Spurs are all about in terms of just like Conte style and just wanting to like diffuse everything. They, they get to, they get to go first this year, this weekend as well. And it's Wolves at home is one that you'd probably oh, back them to, to Spurs. Yeah, you'd probably back them to beat Wolves at home. You would think. Yeah, definitely. I think Wolves are a little bit of a strange team. You know, they they used to be a team where they could make it very difficult. For They've just signed the lad all that everyone wants. Oh, well, to sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no, you know what's going to happen though. You're on Saturday. He's going to be he's brilliant. Gonna, yeah, he's he's going to score he's, from the halfway line. Or something and getting getting a father on that. Yeah, I've yeah. never <laughs> wanted anyone to be crap more than, than, than him, <laughs> just because Twitter is just going to be unbearable for that time. But no, Wolves used to be a team that could make it very difficult for the top teams. You know, they always took points off Man City. I remember that that mad game around Christmas time. Um, you know, we struggled against them at times as well. But I think we always got the results. But nowadays, it just seemed like a little bit. I don't know, neither here nor there. I don't really know what they are. They're, they're trying to be structured. The manager's trying to control everything. But, you know, when you come up against bigger and better teams, then your players kind of need to know what to do in in-game situations. I don't feel like they really do. Um, it, it could be interesting. Um, you know, half 12, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for the, the Spurs players to get up for that, first and foremost. But I do expect them to have seven points come the end of this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd agree with you there. Right then, just to let you know, like I say, if you're watching this on YouTube or listen to the podcast, the Egan Klopp's press comments on Friday, where we will hopefully find out more about Bobby Firmino and every other single injured player that we've got. And there are plenty of them. God forbid that something else has happened and someone else is injured. Anyway, fingers crossed that isn't the case. But yeah, it's, uh, every single press conference is available in audio or video form on our for free, completely free on YouTube or free on all podcast apps. And even if you listen to crap podcast apps, we're still on them as well. So just search for the Redmen TV on those. Subscribe and yeah, as soon as the podcast drops uh, with the press conference, it'll be there for you too. To listen to fingers fingers crossed there is no more bad news Liverpool. hopefully there's a couple more fit but we'll soon find out if that's the case right then can't let you go without putting you on the spot I'll start with you then first Mick. Manchester United versus Liverpool give me your score prediction I'm going to circle back to what I said at the beginning like not keeping clean sheets and I kept saying this for the first two games like if we keep a clean sheet we'll be alright because we'll score goals but I think I'm hoping we'll keep a clean sheet and we'll just get rid of that because I think it's six Premier League games we haven't kept the clean sheets so I'm hoping this is the game we do and I'll, t- I'll take a 2-0 I'll take a 2-0 I'll t- to be honest I'll take a 1-0 right, I, it, it, yeah. I mean it, it, going into the Palace game I was like we need we need three points but we need a performance and now I'm like of the opinion like we just need to get three points against these because it's that old Trafford we need to make sure we win this one not just for bragging rights but to pal misery on them and for us to get some build some form basically yeah, I, went, I went to watch you you never walk alone the play with Paul and our, and our two wives yesterday if you haven't been to the Royal Court and watched that by the way feel you really should Nicky Alt's play we had him on the podcast last week if you, if you remember it's sensational and one of the bits in it they talk about uh, when, when Bill Shankly said about I think it's the St John like 
you know, if, you, if you're wondering what to do with the ball, just pop it in the net and we'll talk about the yeah, options later. Yeah. For this one, it's very much the same. Exactly. Yeah. Just win the game and we'll just, box everything yeah. up. Unless you're Andy Robertson, in which case, don't try and pop it in the net. Yeah. Let someone else yeah. do that. <laughs> pass it to, pass whip, it to someone else. Yeah. But yeah, Liverpool in this game might be very much a case of just, just get the points and we'll box off the performance yeah. later. Just win. I've got a f- I'm quite confident in this one, Andy. I'm guessing you are too. Yeah, I think we are going to win. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter than what people expect. You know, people talk about the, the confidence that we'll have going into it, and you know, we will feel the pressure, but not as much as them. You know, they've uh, had four of their their top players been did, been hooked off at half time. What mind frame are they in going into this game, going in and having to perform? They've gone over to their supporters at full time, and and everyone's given them loads. So you know, whichever bad mentally in a, in a place Liverpool are I think United are going to be 10 times worse so yeah I expect you know Klopp and, Klopp and Pep Minders have had, had, and the rest of the team have had time to sort of think about what they're going to do with the front three how they're going to hurt them um, and I think they thrive off those kind of challenges and, and getting those things right and I think they will um, 2-1 I think we'll go 2-0 up and then they'll get one back and it'll be a b- little bit of a nervy one but we're going to have too much I've gone 3-0 for the Reds mm. was we're the Reds in this case. Although we're not, we're not complaining, Red. The, we're going to be playing the whites, the red, yeah. the disco, the disco, the disco colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think we're going to beat them three 0 yeah. I think they, I think it's going to be hostile in that place, but for the wrong reasons. Because I think they're going to walk in with a cob on, and we're going to score the first goal this time. And I think the Reds are going to fall off, and the players are going to their asses are going to fall off. That's, mm-hmm. uh, but who knows? Like I say, it's. Uh, Liverpool are not in first the fifteen minutes. We'll see. We'll see what a type of game it's going to be we straight just away. Just need to. Start, yeah, just need to we need to. We need to. I mean, we could keep. I keep <laughs> saying this all the time. We need to start fast. But we, this is a game that it's a must. If you, you do, you and, the, and the crowd's here, and we could get really. That's, really, that's really what I mean. Because it's, it's it's a double whammy then. Because we're one 0 up, and they're going to just. It's like when Arsenal fans were fuming under Wenger, and when you if you go when when you score any team scored early on them, they, they lost their heads, mm-hmm. and that was actually at the manager. The, this is owners. It's a bit different. I think they kind of back ten arg. But you can't you can't differentiate when you're angry. You're angry. You can't you can't you don't choose who you're angry at. You're just in a bad mood. Let's keep them. All, let's keep all those sixty thousand odd manks in a bad mood on Monday night, please. Liverpool, Mick, thanks very much for joining us. Andy, thanks very much for joining us as well. Thanks all you guys for watching or listening to the Build Up Show. Like I say, over the weekend, tons and tons more content for free on the YouTube channel and the podcast apps, and of course, even more on Redmen Plus as well. So as I say, the Liverpool Library that I spoke about earlier, that's streaming now. As is Jano Insight with Neil Jones. Someone in the chat asked before about Navigator. That gets all discussed in that show as well. So yeah, tons, tons of you available before Monday. And then on Monday itself, we'll have another watch-along live from the studio. Mute the TV, put me and Paul on, listen to our commentary, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully cheer Liverpool on to three very much-needed points. Until then, I'll catch you all later. Goodbye. Thank you so much for that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more Red Men in your ears, then consider signing up to redmenplus.com. You get everything that's on the website in video and if you want it in podcast form. Uh, from £5 a month, redmenplus.com. You get two free items of merchandise every single season. If you sign up as a club legend, you get 20% discount codes every single month. Exclusive discounts from our partners as well as your name and the credits and each and every Red Men plus show planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.